Hello and welcome to the Dr. Whisperer podcast. We are here with the beautiful Dr. Deborah Boland. Say hello to the audience, Dr. Boland. Hi, how is everyone today? (laughs) So we are um, talking today about being a mobile neurologist. That's right. You heard what I said, a mobile neurologist. So Dr. Boland, I want you to tell everybody why you chose to become the first mobile neurologist in Tampa Bay, maybe in the country. We're not really 100% on that one, but I'm sure if you Google it, you won't find many, if any, besides Dr. Deborah Bolin. So tell us about that um, segue into this new adventure that you've been on for just a little while now. So I have a passion for patient care and quality care. As a neurologist, we deal with a lot of chronic conditions and chronic diseases, and we don't have a lot of cures yet for these neurologic conditions. So that comes down to management and quality of life. I felt many times in the office there were a few different struggles. One struggle was really understanding what was happening in the home environment when patient would patients would explain things to me. The second problem was the patients just physically getting to the office because of the nature of their neurologic diseases that presented challenges with mobility and cognition. And if you're not mobile and you have cognitive deficits, you have a difficult time easily getting out and getting to the doctor's office. And especially here in Florida, I mean, there's so many um, elderly people that are here without family, without friends, they're alone. Correct. So there are primary care physicians who are mobile and they are going to people's homes. They are going to people's assisted living facilities, independent living facilities. And I thought as a neurologist, if I could do that, that would be ideal for this population of patients. So I um, went ahead and I started developing the ideas and concepts. The second piece of it is for the working professional who doesn't have time to get to the doctor's office and doesn't want to sit and wait for two hours. And there are people in the working environment who have neurologic problems and issues, and they're so busy, they just need someone to come to them. Like many of our other services we are having in today's world. Mm -hmm. Things like Uber Eats. We don't have time (laughs) to eat, and it comes to us. Now we have Uber Neurology. (laughs) Maybe someday. You never know. So um, I you know, have a great advantage of knowing a lot more about you than our audience. So why don't you tell everybody about how you were in fact a physical therapist before you decided to go back to school and become a neurologist? Yeah, so I um, went to physical therapy school right from undergrad. I did my master's degree and practiced as a physical therapist for 10 years, actually out in the Los Angeles area. Loved what I did loved my patient population. I focused a lot on um, neuro conditions and neuro rehab and geriatric people and um, balance issues, those kinds of things. So in working with those people, I really started asking questions of why and I need to know more. And um, I it was at a point in my life when I could make a choice and decision to go to medical school. There was nothing stopping me. I come from a very motivated entrepreneurial mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And where, so, which, where did you grow up? Um, kind of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my grandfather 
um, raised his family in the Connecticut area. Mm -hmm. So he was um, born and raised um, in the New York City area and then moved his family because of he joining the Navy out to Connecticut. So, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I just thought, well, I can, so I'm going to, and I did. Brave woman, brave woman. So you go through school and you end up, you know, it sounds very easy the way I just put that, right? It was no big deal. You just went to school for a few more years. Right, right. (laughs) And then came out into um, the corporate world of neurology. So talk about um, that landscape of uh, corporate versus where you are today. Um. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, the process to become a physician is you go to medical school and then you do your neurology residency. And I went to medical school to be a neurologist. I knew that going in with my PT background. And then um, 75% of neurologists specialize Mm -hmm. and do a fellowship. So I wasn't sure what fellowship initially I was going to do. In the end, I chose movement disorders, which a large portion of movement disorders is Parkinson's disease and tremor. Mm -hmm. And then there's a large overlap for the dementia patients. That population of patients takes a lot of extra care and time. Mm -hmm. Um, And in today's world, in what some people are coining the term corporate medicine or big hospital medicine, and I'm still not even used to the term yet. It took me a minute to yeah. realize what you were saying, Sharon. Um, I'm used to saying it. So I'm used right. to talking about most of the physicians that I work with are physicians that have broken out, right. like almost taken the chains off and said, I'm going to practice medicine the way I want to practice medicine and, uh, and taking a big risk. Right. So. Right. Unfortunately, what was a fantastic idea and a wonderful thing in this country when it was initially developed and the whole Medicare system and insurance systems has become a very challenging environment. Mm -hmm. And that situation doesn't allow and provide opportunity at this moment in time for physicians like myself to provide the quality care with chronic disease that needs to be provided to these people. Right. So that's when I then also made the decision to step out on my own and develop the mobile side of things. And I and have, what led you to that? I mean, it's such a great idea, right? I, if it was up to me, it would be mobile everything, mobile nail salon, you know, go through a car wash to get my hair done. Like, I love this idea, but I think it's hard for everybody to wrap their brain around it. So what led you to this? It was just kind of, it wasn't a big contemplation, really. Mm-hmm. It was just, I know this is a need and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really, should I, should I not? It was, this is my idea. Mm-hmm. And it, and that probably is, comes from that entrepreneurial side of me. Mm-hmm. My grandfather um, owned a business and at the end of his business, before he sold it and retired and moved here to Florida, he had 40 employees. Mm. And so, and he so you got the bug. Yeah, I think so. But, but you don't want the 40 employees. Not at this point. <laughs> no, that was a big headache for him. Yes. And I understand that mm-hmm. headache. So I think to me, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a big, long contemplation. It was like, here, this is what needs to happen. And I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. And, you know, I, I, I know it's the same kind of um, conversation that I have with a lot of doctors that I work with. This whole notion of you're not taught business in medical school. You're not taught about marketing. You're not taught about 
um, you know, what you should do first. You don't know who's good, who's taking advantage of you, who's upselling you. I mean, it's a real, it's a problem. So um, I'm glad we got to work together ultimately. Thank you. I appreciate your input and advice. So um, because it really is... um, it's interesting that the the way the medical system, even the schools, are set up not to um, catapult you into a place where you could eventually open up your own business. I think that um, I think that will evolve and it will change. And you collaborating as of recently, even with other physicians that are entrepreneurial like yourself, um, what. I mean, we're going to have a a meeting coming up soon with just a group of doctors that have done that themselves and and have this conversation and talk about collaborations and talk about how we could help each other get to a place we need to get faster. Um, You know, how did you feel when you started meeting other physicians that were doing something similar, even though you are the only neurologist that has a mobile practice? Um. A connection. Mm-hmm. That, you didn't oh, feel well, alone. Right. right. We're all yeah. on the same page and yeah. we all get this and we all get what needs to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the conversation, and it's so funny because when I started um, developing the ideas and concepts, you run through quite a few people at first mm-hmm. that don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, those support people that are helping you, mm-hmm. um, the attorneys mm-hmm. and the accountant, the, the accountant mm-hmm. and the website person. Right. And, all of these kinds of people and then once you connect with the people that are the right people quote unquote who are helping to propel you in that correct direction it's amazing how then you have this sense of community Mm -hmm. and you feel a part of something larger and bigger and then you connect on common ground too Mm -hmm. because you're trying to provide the same thing and these people who have chosen to step outside of the box Mm -hmm. and do things like you know, choose not to accept p- Medicare payment, choose mm-hmm. make a conscious choice to do that, mm-hmm. make a conscious choice to, um, you know, not take insurance payments and have that direct relationship with mm-hmm. the patient. Suddenly that relationship with the patient shifts and it's mm-hmm. much more positive. Yeah. It's much more engaging and they're able to then accomplish their goals. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you align yourself with physicians who are ma- also making that choice, mm-hmm that's the same thing there's no more complaining right right people are excited there's no Uh more frustration right and you're talking about what you can do and the opportunities and suddenly everyone around you becomes these positive people rather than these people who are getting drugged down by a system that's broken and not working yeah i mean it's it's just like being around a bunch of uh solution strategists you know and coming up with different ways to lift each other up because i firmly believe that as soon as um I even put all my docs together in a a room. (laughs) I love to watch what happens because I think that you're all excited about knowing that you're not the only one that's doing it and that there's hope and that there's opportunity even to help each other. So um, I'm thrilled about that. I, of course, love the fact that, you know, um, you work in this special area. You you do help a lot of geriatric patients. Um, How has it been in terms of the patient's taking on this cash model. I'm sure you got some resistance, um, but how working with some of the same patients for a little while, what has their um, feedback been? I mean, obviously positive because you have a lot of repeat business. So 
that's interesting. What it's required is a re-education of the market. Mm -hmm. And we're still working on that, and by no means are we there. Mm -hmm. And that's what some of the things you're helping Mm -hmm. me with is how do we re-educate this market. And the current Medicare market seems to have a sense of entitlement Mm -hmm. that I've worked hard, I've done what I'm supposed to do, I've paid into Medicare, so now I should reap those benefits. Mm -hmm. And trying to explain to them that, yes, you can, but this is what you'll get with that amount of dollars, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you move over here, you'll get something different. And I would like to think more and better quality. Mm-hmm. So that's where the interesting pieces come in, is just spending all of the time. And that would be my advice to other people who are venturing out in this mm-hmm. model, is really on the front end, you need to pre-plan for how am I going to need to re-educate my market? and what re-education is necessary. I was not expecting that and to have so much re-education to do because my expectation was once I tell people how great it is, they're all going to do it. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. But that was not the case at all, and mm-hmm. I realized that quite quickly within a few months. Right. And that's obviously when I reached out to you for guidance and assistance on how do we re-educate this Medicare market right? and how do we explain that to them and we're not dealing with the working professional who has a high copay, right? who doesn't have time and is frustrated so is going to pay the cash. This is a different education piece for them mm-hmm. and so I think you really have to know and understand your market and that's what I've been learning about. Sure and then there's also, you know, I talk a lot about how People will spend an inordinate amount of money on whatever, going out to dinner, shopping, car insurance. But when it comes to um, our health, it, it never seems to be the priority. And then once people get into a model such as this, where it's really, really good quality care with somebody who really has not we're not saying anything bad about anybody else that doesn't have their best interest but there's a, a demand put upon a lot of the physicians that are accepting the insurance card accepting medicare they have to see a certain amount of patients a day they have to make sure that they're putting everything correctly into the emr there's really no freedom at all right that's the problem it's not that the physician doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. and it's not that the physician doesn't want to do it mm-hmm. it's that there is a power beyond themselves controlling what they can do and what mm-hmm. they cannot do nobody wants to say that right i'll say it mm-hmm. but that's really the reality of what's happening mm-hmm. um is these are good quality people well trained and know what to do but their hands are tied yeah and i didn't want to live under those restraints anymore and so i just stepped outside of that um and I think it's interesting what the comment you were making about you know people spending money on other things, because in this area here in Tampa Bay, that mm-hmm. Medicare population does absolutely have the money, mm-hmm. and that was my perception going in that mm-hmm. this is going to be an easy geographic area mm-hmm. because of the socioeconomic status mm-hmm. of the Medicare population in this area. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, and to me and to some others, even though there's the funds there, there's still the caution in right. spending that mm-hmm. on healthcare. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping for a shift. I do see it going um, on the upswing for all of us now because there are so many people that are breaking out. And with the advancements in technology and the opportunity to provide telemedicine, yes. 
is such a benefit, right. you know, especially if people can't leave their homes. Right. And that's the next phase that yes. we will be developing in my practice. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, my parents are using that model too with yeah. some doctors currently, and they're thrilled because they can just be on the phone or, you know, pull up their laptop. Not that they're very good at that, but, you know. We're working right. on helping them with right. technology, too. Right. But it really is the way that um, the world is going. Yes. And if there's, um, you know, people getting involved in healthcare like Jeff Bezos, everybody really needs to understand that the disruption is real. Right. And it's time to jump on board. Right. Because the doctors, you don't have to do what you always did where you left school, you joined a hospital, right. or you joined a big practice. Right. And hoped for partnership. <laughs> right. Well, and I don't think back in the day, you made the comment earlier on that we weren't taught business. Well, I don't think we needed to be taught business. Right. You sent a bill to the insurance company or Medicare and they paid you. Right. <laughs> it's not so easy anymore. <laughs> and, and that was really all it was. Yeah. And you hired some employees. And if you were a good quality person, mm-hmm. you got good employees. And, mm-hmm. you know, you went to the hospital and the hospital reimbursed you for your services mm-hmm. there or you build directly and there you have it right it was a lot easier back yeah. then it's definitely changed so all right well on a lighter note dr <laughs> bolin why don't you tell the audience something um that maybe even i don't know about you that would surprise all of us hmm. Hmm. well when i lived in la mm-hmm. i was a big scuba diver what and I went scuba diving. Um, one of my favorite spots was Catalina Island mm-hmm. out um, in the coast, off the coast there. And I would scuba dive at least two weekends a month normally. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I got my certification, um, some advanced things, and um, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I loved it. It was something I really enjoyed and did a lot. And kind of stopped once I went to medical school because oh I went to med school in the Midwest. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of opportunity. Right. Well, now that you're here in sunny Florida, yeah. maybe that opportunity will present itself again. Um, and I know that you have two lovely children. I do. They're so adorable. Yep. Both seven years old yes. right now. Yes. And you live here in Tampa. I do. And how can people find out about you? Um, bemobileneurology.com. Bemobileneurology.com. Mm-hmm. So B-E, then mobileneurology.com. And you have a membership model, right? Why I do. you tell everybody about that? So my membership model is that um, we provide so many visits per year in person. And then you have unlimited teleneurology visits. And you have unlimited ability to text the doctor directly back and forth. Mm -hmm. And you have unlimited ability to text or email the physician back and forth. And for that, you pay a monthly fee. And it's very reasonable. It is reasonable, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And well worth it because your health is your wealth. Right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good day. We hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon or night or who knows when you're going to listen to this. Maybe at the gym or maybe walking the dog, maybe driving to your next mobile neurology appointment. (laughs) Bye.